Hello and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for Monday, April 25th, um, 2022. It's been uh, 17 days since the last Life Report and a whole lot has happened um, with me. But uh, and I guess with you, too, but I don't know that because this is a one way conversation, but um, mostly. But yeah, uh, well, I was just looking at my notes here and looking at my Foursquare history. And so April 8th was a Friday. So then the next day, the only thing really of note that weekend was uh, we went to the Liberty Science Center in Jersey City for the second time. Oliver really loves it, and um, I think we got a membership. It's one of those places where if you get a membership, just going twice kind of (laughs) makes it worth it to get the membership, so I think we had done that. Um, So we went to the Liberty Science Center, and it was fun. It was, uh, you know, you stay there two, three hours tops, and uh, if you get there early, you can get back kind of quickly because it's kind of a mess driving through Jersey City on the way back. I think. Well, I don't know. The last two times it's t- it's like routed us through Jersey City, but then again, that's because we wanted to go through the McDonald's drive-through in Jersey City. Um, on what street is that? A big street, uh, Grand Avenue or Grand Street or something, which is where all the like big box stores are. But anyway, we went to the Liberty Science Center, um, which was cool. Uh, anything else that weekend no that's it liberty science center uh but i enjoy it uh i'm trying to think my favorite part so i could just talk about it there's i mean they have little animals i guess the ant farm they have these like ant farms where you see these like leaf cutter ants carrying these leaves and it looks like um it looks like what you would see in an educational tv show it's like long line of ants carrying leaves and it's awesome and that's worth an annual membership uh, alone, I would say. Wouldn't you agree? So the other big news that week, that week of April, I guess 11th, is I got a haircut, which is not huge news, but I hadn't been in a couple of months and I love my haircut place, blue and black. And, um, you know, sometimes they, their mass policy has gone like back and forth for the past year, as you would expect. And this time I walked it like the last time I walked in without a mask, simply because I'd like forgotten to put it on and they're like oh uh, mask required I was like okay sorry put it on and then this time I walked in with a mask and they're like no masks required (laughs) I was like well I'll just keep it on because um who knows so I kept my mask on um but I took it off to drink my beer because they offer free other half beer while you wait or while you get your haircut And then when I went over to sit down with Eva, my person that cuts my hair, she was like, you don't have to wear the mask. I was like, oh, I might as well. She's like, oh, okay. And she was wearing a mask because she had had a potential exposure four days earlier or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay. But anyway, it all worked out. And it was, uh, I had a great haircut um, while drinking another half beer. Uh, So that's nice. But yeah, the, um, the big... The big story, basically, of the last two weeks is that I went to a lot of concerts, and then I went to Austin. So here we go. Um, Concerts. Uh, Wilco was the first one. So that was on Friday, April 15th. So it was the first of their Yankee Hotel Foxtrot um, 
20th anniversary shows. So I love that album like um, everyone else does. And I was excited to go to the show. Thank you to Pete, um, who had an extra ticket for me because I guess he overbought or he had extras because some people that he thought he was going to go with didn't go. And I had actually thought I was going to get um, a ticket from my friend Jim, but turns out that ticket was unavailable. So it all worked out. And I was of the mood where like, oh, I'm not dying to go to the shows, but it, yeah, somebody has a ticket. Why not? And that's what happened. And it was a great show. Um, well, <laughs> let me let me rewind a bit. It was a great show, uh, but it was very short. Um, you may have read about if you follow um, indie Twitter, <laughs> indie rock Twitter, uh, this show they played Yankee Hotel Foxtrot start to finish, which was amazing. Um, and I personally like these shows where if they're going to do a full album, once they start, go in order because then you don't have you then you can just kind of settle in and listen and not think about like set list games and where are they going to put it and this and that so they did a great job uh they played it really well and after the last song on the album reservations which has like three minutes of just ambient outro on the record and live too they the ambience and the noise just kind of stopped and they bowed and everyone was cheering and they went off stage and then they came back and I thought they would do like a second set but then they did uh three songs is it three songs yeah uh and that was it <laughs> uh, and then they waved goodbye they're great songs by the way they um and Jeff Tweedy had really nice touching things to say about Jay Bennett um who helped make that record of course and then who was kicked out of the band and who died 13 years ago uh but yeah, after the last song, a magazine called Sunset, the band leaves and everyone's cheering. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Maybe they'll do another set or a long second encore or something. But then the curtain closed. So there was this palpable confusion in the theater. And it just seemed way short, especially for Wilco standards. Like we're talking literally a 70 minute show. Um, and that's not an exaggeration, which, you know. I, I, I didn't need Wilco to play some three-hour show, but that's kind of what they do now. And so 70 minutes is just kind of insane. So it turns out the next day I got a text from my friend um, who went and he said that they they acknowledged it and they said they had they were thinking they'd get called back and there was something about the curtain closing. And once the curtain closed, the people in the audience correct like you know naturally assumed the show was over and they didn't realize that and also, also i don't know if he's covering up but they started playing five more songs at least every the rest of these shows which is is still short for wilco standards but it seems normal <laughs> so anyway very odd show um and it stinks because the songs they've been adding are these subsequent evenings are some of my favorites. They're also from that late 90s, early aughts era, which is my favorite Wilco. Um, but the whole night was fun regardless, and I went up early, early, like an hour bef before showtime, and my friend Jim, aforementioned, was at a cool bar called the Uptown Garrison, which is on 181st between, well, it's west of Broadway. Can't remember what street it's like. It's on one of those uptown avenues that I don't really know. I forget the names of Pinehurst or something, but um, it was great. It was like a Maison Premier, Henry Public type 
marble bar with oysters and great beer selection and cocktails and stuff. And it was Jim and um, his old friend Jeff and our old friend Darren Fultz and um, one of Darren's friends and had a great time. And if you're ever way uptown there, or if you live up there, you already know this, that there's a stretch of 181st Street with all these cool bars and it's very steep there and the street curves and it is the most picturesque little stretch in Manhattan. It's so nice. Um, so I recommend going up there. I think it's worth it just to go up for the fun of it and walk around. But if you're ever uptown at the Cloisters or whatever, go to 181st Street. Um, we went to Uptown Garrison before the show and then after the show we went next door <laughs> to this kind of like more like a like less nice rowdier kind of um irish bar called uh la Cayley, i think like c-h-e-i-l-e Cayley, um which reminds me of the song funky Cayley by black 47 new york irish people so anyway that was that night oh and before i went uptown i got to hang out with my pal johnny a who was up from philadelphia uh with his girlfriend and they were just they came up for no reason just to hang out and look around new york so i got to have a beer with them at bar great harry so that was wilco then the next day me and julian oliver flew to austin and uh for a planned spring break vacation with our friends from chicago who uh also have kids well they have two little kids i mean roughly oliver's age and i really get along with them and one of them was roommates with julian at Barnard so they go way back and I like her husband a lot and I've known them a long time so great to go on a vacation with them so we went to Austin because we were going to this water park family water park and also they wanted to go someplace warm and someplace that had food and music and so Austin it was so we went to Austin and got in too late on the 16th to do anything but the next day I went for a five mile run along uh, Town Lake all around there then I got tacos at Veracruz. Then I got coffee at Joe's on South Congress, of course. Um, and then we went over to uh, Skippy and Courtney's house in Barton Hills for a pool party. Um, and if you have lived in Brooklyn at all in the last 20 years, you know Skippy as the uh, founding booker of Union Hall, founding booker and part owner of the Bell House. And then like seven, eight years ago, much to my chagrin, uh, they moved to Austin, which is where Courtney's from, and now he works for ACL. And um, so I have seen him, obviously, uh, since then, but it was great to go down there and not be at South by Southwest and just hang out. And he's got this incredible backyard um, with a bar that he built out of a woodshed or that he had someone build and he built too. And I basically bartended all day and it's just it has so many little great touches. It has these magnets from Jones Cafe on Great Jones Street. It has chip clip with all these chips. Uh, there's a fridge, of course. There's like these random Chicago Cubs artifacts because he loves the Cubs. There's like a picture of the replacements above the bar that you can only see when you're standing behind the bar. It was great. Great afternoon. Oliver did not plan on going swimming, but he decided he wanted to go swimming, so he borrowed some, a swimsuit from uh, Guthrie, and it was just a great, great afternoon. And then Julie and Oliver and I went over to this place called The Meteor on South Congress, and we met our friends for dinner. And then after dinner, I convinced uh, 
my counterpart in our double friend vacation, Kareem, to go to see the Electric Six at the Continental, the legendary Continental on South Congress. And I had not seen the Electric Six since I saw them twice in 2003. I looked this up on my concert spreadsheet. And that was, of course, their big moment in the U.S. when they had a Danger High Voltage and Gay Bar. Um, and I and also I noted that on one of those Bowery shows, James Chance um, opened, which is incredible. Uh, James Chance was awesome. I remember that very well. So we went to the Continental and this cowpunk duo from Nashville called Volk, V-O-L-K, opened. Um, it is a woman on drums and singing lead and a guy on guitar, and they were fantastic. Volk. And then Electric Six were great. And Continental, this was a Sunday night, Easter Sunday, so it's like not the best circumstances for drawing, but uh, they had a great crowd that knew their stuff very well, better than I did, because I only know one album, really. And they were great. It was at one point, um, Dick Valentine, who's their singer, he was saying, uh, we got 18 albums back there. Go buy one. Uh, so, good show. And then just walk back to the hotel after. Um, that was a nice Sunday in Austin. Um, and the rest of the trip, I did more running. I ate more tacos, went to Guero's, of course. Uh, and then we checked in at... <laughs> The water park, which is this place called Kalahari, there are four of them in the United States, one in Austin, actually Round Rock. So, you know, Round Rock's like a half hour north of Austin. Um, Round Rock, Sandusky, Ohio, so presumably near the Cedar Point um, headquarters type thing. The Poconos, and then one place else, oh, Wisconsin Dells. So all of these like classic resort type areas amusement park type areas and it's this huge resort it looks like a las vegas um hotel casino the building's brand new i guess it was only built two years ago so it's one of those things where the rooms are brand new and they're so awesome um and there's a convention center on one end and there's an indoor water park on the other and so we went we were there for the indoor water park which is like without exaggeration I'd say seven stories high when you go in. It's this huge open area. I've never seen anything like it because um, I don't. <laughs> we don't do things like this. But uh, I guess it's like a Great Wolf Lodge too, which I've not been to, but Julie and Oliver have. Um, but yeah, it was fun. There was a wave pool, a little lazy river, water slides. Um, there are some adult type level, expert level rides, which I didn't go on. I should have. I regret it now, but. Um, Oliver had a blast, really had a blast. It's mostly kid-focused. And then the final epic part of our Austin trip was, so we spent two nights and three days at the water park, and I had been tasked by Julie to uh, entertain my counterpart, Kareem, because he was not thrilled to be going to the water park. So um, we took a car back to Austin on Tuesday afternoon, and the aforementioned Skippy, who, by the way, is Jack McFadden. Um, but I, I feel like most of you <laughs> that care to know his real name know who Skippy is. But um, we met Skippy at Lazarus Brewing on East 6th, uh, on the east side, and had a beer there. Had a beer at Zilker down the street. Uh, went to Latchkey, a dive bar where his co-workers were. So I met his co-workers. Then we went to Meanwhile Brewing, um, and... 
we met up with Jeff Newberger, who used to live here in Brooklyn, and he was the sound guy. He was a sound guy at Union Hall and also the Bell House. Jeff Newberger and Jeff Stoltz were like the two Jeffs of the sound of those venues in the aughts. And uh, it was great to see him. And then we went to End of an Ear at their new location. I mean, they've probably been there years, but um, so I bought the 33 and a third book on the National Boxer that just came out. And I bought a t-shirt when Skippy bought some records, including a collection of great dance songs by Pink Floyd that I was holding in my hand. <laughs> and he was like, I'm going to buy that. I said, okay, because uh, it was an original pressing. Then we went to a bar called The Golden Goose for very quick bourbon, which I guess used to be a place called The Horseshoe, which um, from what I understand is a legendary old dive, but now it's a new place. And then we finished up with, um, I had a tequila mezcal cocktail of some sort at a place called The Carpenter. Anyway, great, great evening. Got back to uh, the water park <laughs> at like uh, 10 o'clock. And then my friend was like, well, shall we do a nightcap in the lobby bar? I was like, sure. So went down there. I texted Julie. I was like, hey, I'm back just in the lobby, you know. Um, but there was they were asleep. No text back. Uh, and then the next day, more water park fun. And we flew back to New York. And what a great trip. I love Austin. I wasn't super thrilled when Austin was decided because um, I was hoping we'd go to the Caribbean, which was apparently too expensive because now everyone's going. And I was hoping to go someplace I'd never been, and I've been to Austin a ton, but I had a blast, and I'm so glad I went. So yay for that. Um, let's see. Interesting thing is while we were there, uh, that Trump judge lifted the um, FAA mask mandate. So when we flew down, um, masks were required in the airport and on the plane. And then when we flew back, it was that second day and they were not. So we kept our masks on basically all the time, although we ate indoors at the airport. Um, and I would say that pre-security and security, 20% of the people were masked. Once you got through security and walking around, maybe even less, 10% of the people were masked walking through the terminal. Uh, but then on the airplane, I would put it at like 75% of the people were masked. Um, so I guess people seem to feel more comfortable being unmasked in the terminal, which, you know, it is a large building. Uh, and they felt less comfortable doing it on the airplane. So... Um, just my unscientific report from flying from Austin to JFK the day after that mandate was lifted. Uh, yeah. All, oh, and Oliver kept his mask off on the plane because it got really uncomfortable for him, and he's not one to push back often on that, and so I didn't fight him. I was like, um, I said, you go ahead and you can be maskless um, if that's what you desire. And he was, so... Yeah. Um, all right. Oh, and then came back, went to work, uh, went to work. And since it was spring break and Easter week, the previous week and Passover, I would say the office was, oh, my gosh, almost empty. My colleagues weren't there. I only went to because I needed a place to actually work um, because Oliver was home. So went to work and then Friday went to yet another concert. So if you're keeping track this, would, this was the third concert in eight days. And I went to Hot Tuna at Carnegie Hall because my friend Krukoff 
bought tickets two months ago, and he doesn't know anything about Hot Tuna, and kind of neither did I. And he said, let's go. Will you come with me? Tickets on me. And I was like, sure. Um, Hot Tuna is Yorma and Jack Cassidy, Yorma Kalkinen and Jack Cassidy from Jefferson Airplane, but they founded Hot Tuna as like an acoustic blues duo in like 1969 or 1970. And the band has evolved over the years, but they've kept it going with some breaks here and there. And so this was Yorma's 80th birthday, and they played their first studio album, Burgers in Full, on its 50th anniversary. And man, what a show. How did I miss out on decades of going to Hot Tuna shows? It was like like country, boogie, folk, um, light blues, just like enjoyable, every second of it. Uh, they were joined by Larry Campbell, the great guitar players played with Dylan and uh, Phil and friends and a million other people and his wife Teresa Williams fantastic fantastic show um a plus hot tuna and then the next night for my fourth and final show in nine days um I saw fish at the garden which if you'll recall I bought a floor ticket to fish on seat geek seat geek um the morning that rumors started to swirl that fish was going to postpone their new year's run so i bought a january 1st floor ticket for way below face um i mean it was below 100 and then like with all their crazy fees it ended up being like over 100 i can't remember what number now but i mean in normal times a floor ga goes for hundreds on the resale market um so I bought the ticket. Two hours later, they officially announced the postponement from New Year's week to April. And then the prices went way back up. But because I had not inside information, but like Twitter rumor information that seemed logical, I got a great deal. So the sh- that show was Saturday. And wow, to be on the floor at MSG at a fish show, um, no seats, by the way, it's like um, GA with no seats. And what an experience so much fun rode the subway up with pete um who had actual seat seats but in that great sections 107 108 i think it is but you know the classic side stage house right which is where like friends sit friends and family and paid guest lists and all that uh and then i i hung out on the floor with my friends greg and lauren uh who greg is my friend who works at other half and who lives a block over on degraw and what a great show. Opened with Fluffhead. Uh, Divided Sky was in the first set. First Tube, which is one of my favorites, if not single favorite fish song. Uh, kind of took the pedal off the gas a bit um, near the end of the second set, but then great encore. What a show. Great, great show. And thus concludes that crazy, crazy two and a half weeks I had. Um, that was enough excitement for a few months at least. And I don't think there's too much else to say. I, You know, I did listen to some albums, and I'm not going to talk about them because this is running long, but uh, Good and Green Again by Jake Xerxes Fussell, Russell, but like with an F, who's a, a Durham, North Carolina songwriter. It's excellent. Uh, yeah, again, it's called Good and Green Again by Jake Xerxes Fussell. And the new Spiritualized album, um which came out last week, and it's so, so good, and it's just such classic spiritualized, and I'm not an expert fan at all. I feel like my friend um, Rick is way more of an expert fan, but I have I heard him, or did I read him, <laughs> uh, say that this was a particularly good album, and I believe him. And the album is called, what is it called? Uh, Everything Was Beautiful by Spiritualized. Highly recommended. And 
that is it for <laughs> the Conrad Life Report. Is there anything I'm missing? No. And who cares if I am? Uh, yeah, so this has been episode 84. It is, uh, again, Monday, April 20, uh, what is it, 5th, 2022, by the window in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. Have a great fortnight and see you soon and talk to you soon. Bye.